Hey, what's up, guys? This is Moto Japan Podcast. This time we went to Imanashi to talk to John Gavin, who is、um... owner of Apex Motor.、Mm-hmm. Hey, John. Sorry, took a, took a long time. Cut here. <laughs> yes. It's a kitty. Am I bothering you? Should I? Ah, no, no, it's fine. We first learned about him through Facebook because he's very active there. Everybody from overseas coming to Japan to ride, please check out the Gaijin Riders group on Facebook.、Mm-hmm. So during、uh, this interview, we had a lot of interruptions because actually John had a lot of clients coming. I met the Wimei Pro's racer.、Mm-hmm. She started practice、mm-hmm. like, four years ago.、Mm-hmm. Now she became really famous. Don't say everything because we're going to put that、uh, interview into the next podcast.、Right. It's a spoiler. It's a pretty good Yeah, check it out. For next one. So it,、uh, his customers are pretty awesome. We met her because she's a customer. That's it. Okay, so we let,、um, we let John introduce himself and、uh, hear it from the man himself. Born in Hendon, England.、Um, mm-hmm. Lived in Ireland, lived in Australia. I used to be an engineer in Sydney, so we sold product into Japan. The standards in Japan are a little bit diff- different than the US standards, especially with video. Mm-hmm. So, they always had little problems here, and I was a problem solver, so they asked me to come up to Japan. and I always used to pull things apart to find out how they worked. And、mm-hmm. I think probably what started it was my dad had this AA book of the car, and it had a lot of technical drawings and、yeah. stuff.、So. You were、uh, like fixing a bike for fun? Yeah,、time. yeah. When, whatever bike we could get.、Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, so whatever we found, we'd try and build it and make it go better. That was、nice. the fun, you know.、Yeah. Kids do that. You were、uh, riding also when you were a kid, I guess. Yes, yeah. Without a license. Of course. Bostozoku, ne? British, British Bostozoku. Cuff eraser. Yeah, this is our workshop.、Um, it's beautiful, it's big. Yeah. Awesome. We basically do everything. It's, it's quite difficult because there are so many different types of bike, and everyone expects you to be an expert on every bike, but、mm-hmm. there are just so many you can't. So we just try to be as smart as we can in how we approach repairing their bike, do as much research as we can, and then we attack the problem basically. We see only、uh, Japanese bikes, so you only work with Japanese brands? Ah,、uh, no, no, we don't.、Okay. We, we work with Harleys or、um, okay. Motoguzzi's, Triumphs,、um, whatever.、Okay. Anything, we'll try and fix it. But mainly Japanese bikes, as you said. So you have a workshop and then you have a tuning area? Yep. So Dai, my mechanic, who you can、mm-hmm. speak to later,、yes. he's a little bit famous in Japan. He,、uh, he has a Japanese speed record for. 50cc、mm-hmm. scooters. Oh, really? You put a Subaru supercharger on this bike. You mean drag race?、Uh, like like no, a zero on the Like a drag race. Oh, yeah, yeah. But maximum speed.、Mm-hmm. Um, he also trained as a machinist, so he can make almost anything he sets his mind to. Wow. So, How、um, did you guys actually get together? How did you、well, meet and start this company? Through Jason Fullington from AFG Moto.、Mm-hmm. Dai、mm-hmm. had a shop very close to Jason's shop. Were you all living close to here in Yamanashi? Or? I, I lived here、mm-hmm. and Dai lived in Fusa.、Mm. Ah, Fusa,、um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Dai is a very good mechanic, but the business side is a weak side.、Mm-hmm. I'm better in the business side, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it sort of made sense. And、yes. Jason said, Well, why don't you guys get together? And we did. Why did、so、you pick this town for business in the first place? When I had the video, I had a video company、yes. in Tokyo. And I used to come out to Yamanashi. I love the mountains. 
when I go back on the highway, I look down into Kofu Basin, I wonder, how the hell do people live here? You know, how do they earn money? What do they do? Mm. I wanted to be able to not have to go back in that highway to the city. So yeah. uh, eventually I worked my own way to get out here, basically. So. Yeah. It's, it's a nice place. We saw on the website that, you know, you're also offering people to rent a bike from your place. And then yeah, yeah. you suggest them like a three or a five hour like route from this place to somewhere else. Because, I mean, yeah. you're in the mountains. You're like, yeah. you're touring as I soon know, as you get the bike here. So. Five minutes onto the twisty road. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. it's beautiful. We actually have a... I think he's a Belgian customer out at the mm. moment on one of our rental bikes. And that's really nice because um, we had a French guy here about um, um, two months ago. He keeps in contact, so he's sending us photos of daily life in France. So mm. it's really, really interesting. It's really beautiful in France. So, um, you know, it's really just nice to share in somebody else's life. Yeah, and when true. they come here, a lot of people are really nervous. They don't know what to expect about mm. Japan and they don't know who will help them if they have a problem in Japan. And so when these guys come here, they realize that, hey, this is not so difficult, and I have people who will help me if I have a problem. Mm-hmm. And so they go out, and they don't end up having any problems anyway. So, you know, it's just nice to be that assurance for them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he introduced us to talk to Misato-san and Ide-san. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also uh, record a podcast Mm-hmm. Uh, Misato-san is the famous uh, speed I'm, racer. I'm, I'm gonna publish, so we're going to publish their interview on Japanese podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So check, it out. check it out. Check out the Japanese version of Moto Japan. It's Moto Japan written in Hiragana. All right, sorry for like longer Ah, no, no. I, I thought it was a good opportunity for you to, um, yeah, to talk to these guys. Yeah, exactly. They, they came all the way from Nagano for, for their... Yeah. Sure, yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously every racer wants to get the best advantage they can and there's not a lot of parts available for the G310, so um, they're curious to know what we could do, basically. Yeah, so you're, um, you, you have uh, customers from mainly, uh, of course everybody's living in Japan, but it's... Uh, put a face on it, <laughs> Yeah, it's a kitty. <laughs> By the way, guys, the kitty we're talking about the whole time, that's the microphone, because it looks a bit fuzzy, wuzzy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't really have a usual customer. Um, really? Yeah. We help everyone and anyone mm-hmm. if we can. If mm-hmm. we can do some business and, and they can get what they want, we'll try and do it. Yeah. So originally we had about 70% foreigners as customers mm-hmm. and about 30% Japanese but it's slowly changing we're getting more and more Japanese customers and um, mm. I don't know if we're getting more or less foreign customers yeah but so. foreign customers are mainly people who are uh, living here right or Tourists. mainly yeah, yeah. Um, we, we do get um, we do help try to help as many people as we can mm-hmm. uh, example um, a guy coming to Japan in a camper van um, from Korea was well, told that the ferry company said they wouldn't allow his vehicle to leave the ferry, basically. So they told him about some rubbish laws. They just didn't want to do it, basically. So mm. we checked and found out it wasn't the case. So you're helping people... Uh, you're actually... Um, you're importing bikes from overseas, from America mainly, and then you're selling them here. Yes. Are you also helping um, export bikes from... 
uh, here to another country, for example, if a person was living here, they bought a bike, they like it, and then they're moving out of Japan. Are you also assisting with that? Um, we have done it, but we don't do very much of it, basically. Yeah. It's a lot of work and regulations yeah. on regulations, yeah. other, other countries. It's, but it's more high volume companies, basically. So you said for importing, uh, usually it's the emission laws that are problematic when getting American bikes here? Or? Yeah, they have an emission test as mm -hmm. part of the Shackin test, mm -hmm. but to actually get the bike legal in Japan in the first place is a much, much more detailed and strict test. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And basically, we studied how that test was done and we tried to emulate it as much as we can with our own equipment. Okay. They have $250,000 worth of equipment sitting there to do this test. Yes. So we obviously can't afford to buy that equipment. So we get the best equipment we can and we try to um, replicate what would, they do. Would you think of uh, Shaki in Japan? Does it make sense for you? Or details and... Uh, Japan is Japan. Yeah, I know, but for you? Yeah, I mean, you can take any aspect of life in Japan and, and find something that's a bit unusual. Yeah. But I take it as a package. It's part of riding in Japan. Mm -hmm. And let's, mm -hmm. some foreigners come here and they want, end up wanting to fight the system. Because it doesn't, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And it can make their life more difficult. But once you realize that there's no point, just... Mm -hmm work out a way to get what you want, it's yeah. much better. Because they are so sensitive about their sound, especially like yeah. like in Japan, I don't know how to say it, like a kisei, uh, kisei on. Right. Yeah, it's really like low, right? Like I don't know how to say like... Uh, the, the, I think just sound regulation? Sound regulation, yeah. Yeah, but by the same token, they don't really clamp down on it. It's not like in some countries where they they go out with microphones, well, they, they do sometimes, but not very often. Mm. So they have the laws, but my opinion is in Japan, they only really use them when you give them good reason to. Mm. So, for example, there's some big fine if you don't carry a copy of your Jibaiseki and Shaken document on the bike. I think it's $1,500 Jugaman or something. Mm. But even if you get in an accident and you don't have your paperwork there, they're not going to give you that fine unless you're a complete... Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So they have the they have the laws, <laughs> but basically um, they tend to not necessarily apply them all mm -hmm. the time. When you go for shacking, you're supposed to have full maintenance documentation with your bike, even if it's self shacking. But they don't ask for it; they don't even check it. So, mm -hmm. but if you annoyed them enough, they could turn around to you and say, "Where's your maintenance documentation?" Like everywhere. Yeah. Do you have to? Well. Japan is for the, the riding, basically. There's mm. not many countries in the world that can match the riding here. I asked you that, that last week, I think, over right. Facebook. Where's your favorite place yeah. for riding? You said <laughs> Japan, of Japan. course. <laughs> <laughs> and it's beautiful here. I mean, um, very briefly, one time I was riding with Jim, um, twin rider from the forum, and basically we stopped outside a temple because it was a summer shower. Mm -hmm. And we ended up getting invited into the temple. We ended up spending six hours with the monk who ran the temple, and it was just an awesome time. Mm -hmm. And it's a completely different culture to what I'm used to. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, there's just so much here that mm -hmm. you can learn. Even free free riding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, do you, how often do you ride, and what do you ride? Um, I don't ride as often as I'd like since I started this business because mm -hmm. we're. We're basically always trying to keep up. We're trying to grow the business. Um, so when you're small, you, you can't afford to put out so much outlay. So you can't have 10 staff here. 
when you like. I think you are asking. Sanjuni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dai is a very, very good mechanic. Mm. Yeah. He does a lot of um, not outlaw stuff, but like nighttime drag yeah. racing and oh, stuff like really? that. Where'd you find him? Ah, uh, through Jason, as I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. He used to ride with like a, a club, mm -hmm. and um, they were making some videos a few weeks ago, so he had to um, ah. go out. Yeah. He's really good at, at drifting, basically, on the yeah. line. Nice. So uh, what do you ride? My own bike is the, um, the 1290 KTM, yeah. mm -hmm. and I have a KTM 350 off-road bike as well. I just bought a Cub, so just ah. bikes to play with. Yeah. Nice. Do you go around here in the mountains? or? There's a lot of good roads around here, mm -hmm. so basically, but as I said, I don't get out as yeah, much as so I like much. to. So. Um, most important question, because so many people are asking us, when they come to Japan, how can they rent a bike? through Apex Moto, like what you guys offer insurance, you, you guys offer everything, so what, what can, what's the best way for a person to come well, to Japan most, and enjoy riding? Most of our customers um, get in contact a few months in advance mm -hmm. and they tell us what they want to do mm -hmm. and we'll try and suggest some stuff like um, Craig McCracker who organizes a coast to coast ride. Mm -hmm. He does route planning, so if the customers pick this really crappy route, we'll normally ask him if he's interested in getting Craig involved to plan his trip. Mm -hmm. um, he can do accommodation the whole lot. Mm. Yeah. But we basically just look on the bike side, so what type of bike the customer wants. We ask them what their riding style is, how much gear they need to carry. Mm -hmm. And we're a bit of a strange rental bike company because we actually buy the bikes for the customer. Yeah. Oh. Um, and the customer has the, we're one of the few shops in Japan, if not the only shop in Japan that can register a bike in a foreigner's name. Oh. You go to any shop in Tokyo, they'll ask you for a Juminhyo, yes, proof of residence. Of um, but the law actually allows foreigners to buy bikes, just like it allows foreigners to buy property in Japan. Basically, we've worked out with our local Shakinjo the process, and so mm -hmm. we can register bikes. So the Belgian guy who's out on an XJR 900... He's got his own bike. It's his own bike. So mm -hmm. we worked out the rental fee, and we said it's going to cost you X. If you buy the bike, it's going to cost you Y. But if you can sell that bike, when you get, if you don't destroy it, when you get back, you'll probably get about 70% of the bike mm -hmm. or more back. So oh, it nice. works out maybe $600 for three months or something like that to Wonderful. buy and sell. Wonderful. So they sell it back to you and then you... In some cases, in some cases um, okay. we offer a commissioned selling system. So mm -hmm. about half the bikes out the front of our shop are actually from customers in Japan who either have left Japan or are about to leave Japan. Mm -hmm. And they ride their bike up until one or two weeks before they leave. Mm -hmm. And then they bring the bike out to us or we pick it up and we sell it. And we'll put the money in their account. doesn't matter whether it's Japan or overseas when they're... Oh. On the bike that's yeah. really by far you're mm. so nice yeah. you're really kind to your yeah. customers well we started doing it for the guys on base because when they'd leave they'd have to have fire sales which means they've got to sell everything quickly if their orders yeah. change they're, they're going to leave you know, within four weeks or so like a Japan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So often they didn't get much. You know, people knew they were leaving. They just wait and offer a very low price. Yes, yes. So with us, they can just drop the bike here, and it doesn't matter if they've gone. Mm. We keep it until it sells, and they pay a fixed fee. So mm. it works for everybody. You put it on auction usually, or we advertise on Goo Bike, on, oh, on okay. Facebook, on 
Yahoo auction, whatever, basically. Yeah. yeah so. Are you keeping your eyes open for new bikes and you buy them if there's a good opportunity and you like the bike? Or are you focused on bikes when, when a customer asks you to buy um, At the moment, about with foreigners, mm -hmm. about um, 60% are people getting in contact and saying they want a certain bike. We want this bike, we have a budget, we want this color. And we'll try and find them a bike. Another bunch of people will get in contact and it's their first time to get a bike. They don't know what they want, so mm -hmm. they basically say, this is me, what do you think? And we try and suggest. Um, but, yeah, and other times we buy bikes for stock. So, mm. like the Red Daytona up there, I saw it was a nice bike. Um, every bike has got some problems, basically. Mm -hmm. Every used bike. Um, so, we look for bikes that are good candidates and they may have one or two things, problems, and we'll mm -hmm. know we can fix those problems. So, we'll bring it up to the standard we're happy with and then we'll sell it, basically. Cool. So, Very good service. Are you also offering some, because you mentioned Cub, yeah. are you offering scooters as well to your customers? Yeah, um, it's not the time of the year, but a lot of, in the countryside, um, most 16-year-olds can get their license mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they have to travel to school mm -hmm. and lots of hills, so everybody wants a 50cc scooter. Mm -hmm. So we, certain times of the year, we'll buy four or five or ten 50cc scooters and then we'll sell them. But whenever people want a, a product, a bike, whatever, we will try and find it for them, basically. So we've joined many of the professional auctions in Japan, so mm -hmm. we can find bikes. So, mm. um, you know, we try and offer whatever service the customer wants, as long as we can make some money out of it and they can get what they want. You know, it's good for everyone, yeah. here, basically. Right, so you're, you're taking care of everything for the customers. They buy a bike from you, then you take care of all these papers. Yes, so I, I can show you okay. a bike example. Um, this is a XR250. Mm -hmm. So it was on GooBike for a certain price. Yes. And the customer didn't want to buy it at that price. And it just so happened that it turned up on one of the dealer auctions. Mm. So the shop that had it wanted to sell it, but they didn't want a discount because... If you get known to be to do discounts, then people will always expect to get discounts. So, anyway, we bought it on the dealer auction for mm -hmm. quite a bit cheaper than it was listed mm -hmm. on GooBike. And the customer, this is a 2007 bike, so the customer wanted to get it fully checked because mm -hmm. they want to ride it. They don't want it to break down, mm -hmm. and they know sure. it's been sitting around for. So yeah, so basically the customer had us buy the bike for them. Um, we got it for the price they were happy with. Um, they listed the maintenance that they thought they wanted done and they asked us to comment on what we felt should be done. Yes. We came to an agreement what needed to be done mm -hmm. and we will do all of that. We'll register it, we'll insure it. Oh, actually, in this case, we'll transfer the insurance from another bike onto this bike and we'll drop it to their house. Oh, nice. So, and it's all way cheaper than if yeah. they'd gone through a Japanese mm -hmm. shop, basically. How, how do you usually approach checking the bikes, for example, when you buy a bike off auction from a dealer or even from a um, person who's selling it, uh, you know, directly? Um, what are the, how do you ch start the check of the bike? Like, what, what's, your, what's the Apex Moto kind of procedure? Well, Dai has got a document, which is basically a mm -hmm. checklist of, mm -hmm. of all the things to check, like stem bearings, wheel bearings... Um, tires, um, oil leaks, mm -hmm. 
we generally try to, we suggest to customers when they buy a bike from us that let's reset the bike as far as service goes. Mm -hmm. So depending on the kilometers and so on, we'll make a, a small menu. They can choose what they want from that menu to be done. And so when they get the bike, they get it um, at a certain level and they know from that point on what their maintenance okay. schedule should be. We sometimes buy special bikes, like you can see this um, reddened carbon fiber mm -hmm. parts, the parts over here, they're from an NR, Honda NR, mm -hmm. which is 750cc. 300 bikes were sold in the world, 200 in Japan, mm. and they're very expensive, and one mm. of them is just behind you. Oh, wow. Nice. Currently, those bikes are really uh, popular in overseas, right? Yeah. Like, they can sell like almost like a three times their price. Yeah, I mean, in the UK, a bike like that would probably be about the equivalent of about $120,000. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And uh, in Japan? In Japan, we got this one for a steal, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so this was um, roughly about sixty dollars to $65,000 for mm -hmm. that. And then so, a lot of work had to be done, obviously. Yeah, so this bike is roughly 24 years old, so mm -hmm. we're going to go through... We're, strip it down, mm -hmm. all the rubber parts mm -hmm. on the bike which would be prone to cracking, we'll replace them and we'll go through, mm -hmm. check bearings. That's a, a painting machine or...? Uh, this is a CNC plasma cutter, so um, it cuts through steel like butter. Whoa! So mm. Crazy! So basically um, we want to get into fabrication. Ah. Um, our dream is to build custom bikes. Wow. Um, you know, create our own image, our own products. Yeah. Um, so we've been assembling the tools to do that. Um, we're, we're sort of growing our business as well. So, mm -hmm. for example, this is a powder coating system here. Mm -hmm. And we're giving local people opportunities as well. So there's a um, half-American, half-Japanese guy, mm -hmm. Sam, who loves bikes and he would like to eventually work with bikes. Mm -hmm. And so he's been coming here part-time learning how to powder coat, and he's become very good at it. Nice. We're doing a lot, of, a lot more powder coating work, and it's a value-added service. So if you come in with a nice custom bike, we can say, well, your wheels will look really cool in this metallic orange or something, and we can do it. Um, so we do painting, powder coating, we welding. We need to bring our bikes here. Yeah. <laughs> But what's your um, goal for Apex Moto now that you're expanding, you, you have the machines, you can, you're going to get into building your own bikes. Do you want to collaborate with other manufacturers or do you want to have the We want to do everything ourselves. Um, when one of the things every foreigner in Japan has experienced is when they wanted to do anything that was out of the box, yeah. the answer was no. Yeah. Um, for example, we try never to say no to a customer. We'll try and say a price. It may be very difficult, mm -hmm. okay, then the price is going to be higher. Um, but basically, um, we don't like to say no if we can avoid it. So mm. we try and do anything. Um, we have customers with Enfields that come in here and no other shop wants to work on them because you know, they don't want to deal with warranty, they don't want the liability. Uh. Um, the NR over there, for example, the parts are not made anymore. If you break a part taking off the bike, there are no parts to replace it, basically. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with uh, those issues? For example, if you can, really cannot find a part anywhere, and even if it's you know if the customer is willing to pay as much as possible, there, there's no parts. How do you um, how do you usually get overcome these obstacles? 
It depends, basically. Um, the part may be available somewhere. Mm -hmm. So we have had many Japanese customers come in who couldn't get the part through their local shops. Mm -hmm. And we'll find it in the UK or in Italy mm -hmm. or somewhere, and we'll import it, basically. What drives you? What drives me is a challenge. Is, yeah, basically... Um, <laughs> what drives me? That's a good question. <laughs> Okay, so to uh, do your motorcycle shop in Japan. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. Because I worked in the professional video industry, mm -hmm. and um, it, was very it was a very tough job. And I loved the challenges, but I didn't enjoy the work as much, basically. So I wanted to do something that I enjoyed. And I love motorcycles, so... Um, you know, I wanted to try and build something with motorcycles. I've always believed that people can do whatever they set their mind to do. Yeah, that's, that's about it. What are the, the main activities right now that you see in this, like, especially foreign or international space in riding in... Uh, like, you're doing, for example, you're helping with C2C as well, which is organized by your Great, friend. Yeah. And, like, what are, what are some, like, interesting community-driven activities right now in Japan for riders? No idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just honestly, we're just doing a job we enjoy doing, mm -hmm. and it's the people who who come up with, like Craig comes up with an event, and um, you know, people come to us with questions: Can we do this? And we try and help them to achieve it. So um, I don't really know. We just follow, basically, in mm. that in that sense. What it, whatever is happening out there, we try and work with it. Cool. So, yeah. Good. Right. Do you have any final thoughts or some message for riders, for gaijin riders, whatever, for whoever, every rider, for yeah. tourists who wants to my, my ride a bike? <laughs> my advice to anyone considering a bike business is uh -huh. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, you know, for the first three years I was working seven days a week, and mm. even today, um, you know, you've got questions all the time. Everybody's got questions, and it's just constant. So it's, it's a we very hard We came here with job. so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> that's for half an hour, an hour, and you're gone. Yeah. But, you know. For example, selling a bike, you might have 40 messages back and forth, and you might not sell the bike. So there's a lot of work that you do that will just never pay off. Yeah. So it's not like a lot of jobs where you do something and mm -hmm. there's a guaranteed return on it, so... Um, but Japan is one of the best countries in the world to ride in. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we hope to make a business that makes it easier for people to enjoy Japan. Mm -hmm. um, and if we can make a living out of that, we'll be happy, basically. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah, so. totally. Well, right, he was really modest guy and really hospitality and always taking care of the customers. Yeah. Even, you know, if it's not his customers. If, exactly. If somebody is not his customer. We actually spent a lot of time there, like just talking to his team members and uh, having fun. And All right, thank you for listening. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Uh, we are working on many exciting projects. Stay tuned because you will love what we're bringing next, right? Mm -hmm. We're up to something great. Okay, so follow us on uh, Instagram at moto.japan and check out our website, motojapan.me. And Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And uh, bye bye. Next time. Until next See time. See you next time. Ciao. See you.